0: Welcome to another edition of Off The Record, the Daily Record's new football podcast that goes beyond the headlines to tell you the stories behind the stories from the people who were at the heart of them. I'm David McCarthy and I'm joined as always by my friend and colleague Keith Jackson as we look back to 25 years ago this summer. We're going back in time to France 98, which was a quarter of a century on, remains the last time Scotland played at a World Cup. And I'm delighted to say we're joined today by the man who led Craig Brown's men in that campaign, our very own captain and brave heart, Colin Henry, who only won 51 caps and in a glittering career won the English League title with Blackburn Rovers in 1995 before heading north and claiming a cherished treble with Rangers under Dick Advocate in 1999. Colin, it's great to have you with us and thanks very much for appearing on the show. Pleasure, guys. Good to be here. Looking
1: forward to 25 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a lifetime. That's nah, mental.
2: That's crazy. I mean, when you're taught, I mean, I still a lot of people remember me from the from the World Cup when I'm in England. I, I think everybody really re- remembers me from playing for for Blackburn and winning the league. Um, but when I'm back in, in in Scotland, it's the World Cup or Rangers sort of thing with the treble. Um, of course, Euro <laughs> '96 gets a mention, whatever <laughs> wherever I'm at for obvious reasons. <laughs> but um, I probably saved Gaza like that day. But here you go. Saved his career, (laughs) I should say.
0: Uh, uh, Absolutely. That's funny because is that the thing that when, you know, if you're in a service station or something like that or you're filling up your motor that people will still shout to you, uh, "Gazers" and stuff like that? Is that what happens?
2: (laughs) Well, to be fair, David, as a defender, we're gauged by our mistakes. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, we can do, I don't know, 10, 10 dozen good things during the course of a game that you're happy Mm -hmm. with. And then you make one mistake that's what everybody remembers. Um, whereas, on another hand, if you're a striker or you're an offensive player, you can have, I don't know, 10, 12 chances or even six chances, score one goal, two goals, you're the hero. So mm-hmm. it's it's a complete opposite from being an offensive Absolutely. player to a defensive player. And But it's how it is. And okay. I think that, um, I'm not so sure about these days, but certainly back in my day, when you had to... When in a defending position, you had to be mentally strong as well as because criticisms are they there to be levelled at you all the time if you make mistakes. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, a lot of people do remind me of uh, of the goal in '96, and you know, I've, I've, I don't. Well, it's not really. It's, there's only one man responsible for that, and that was Yuri Geller. <laughs> mm, absolutely, because uh, uh, he uh, moved absolutely. the ball before Gary, or he took, he Gary, took responsibility because to, he before Gary took the penalty with Mister Pen. I mean, if it's going to Pen, then listen, we were we were good value on the day. We were decent. Yeah, we were good value on the day. I mean, we we dug in against Holland in the first game, and we dug in against England in the second game, and, and we were. I thought we were at least good value for a for a for a point, which would have taken us into the last game against Switzerland, which we won. But um, That's not right.
1: to me Colin, we we were sitting Absolutely. we were sitting in the press box that day and I'm telling you now, I still believe it. I, I think I turned to David and said, We score this penalty, we we're gonna win this. Yeah. Because I felt at that yeah. point we were so far on top of that game. You know, we yeah. it was I mean, it's the most sickening change of momentum I've ever had to sit and witness. I mean we try to be mm-hmm. as impartial as we can be when we're sitting watching Scotland, but I remember that day, that day was agony. Just for us. Yeah. Sitting watching it, I have no idea how that must have
2: felt on the pitch. Well, so, um, I think during the during the course of the game, as a game was uh, running away a little bit, and of course, when we did miss a penalty, um, I thought is that is that a for us sort of thing. But I mean, would no sooner that had happened than they were up the park and they'd scored the second goal, and you know the rest history. Um, but on top of that, we. I think it's, I mean, there's only a couple of times in my whole career where I'd seen people get emotionally upset after a game of football uh, at a professional level, mm. um, and that was one of them. That was one of the games that, you know, there's a lot of tears in that dressing room um, because it meant so much to everybody that was representing their country that had the shirt on that day, but also the fact that there was so many of the Tartan army had travelled down and some hadn't gotten a ticket to get in to see the game. Um, and they'd, and they'd still. I mean, it was just a bit like you know, nearly two years ago now when Scotland played England with a reduced crowd in the Euros. Um, mm-hmm. Every thousand tickets available for that, but still loads of tartan army down there in London. Um, they couldn't see the game, but they were there. They were there in body and spirit, but they couldn't. They just get into the game, sort of thing. So it was it was one of these games that, as I said earlier, that. I hadn't seen the emotional side of that. I think one other game, and that was at Blackburn when we'd be beaten in a game. But other than that, it was it was yeah, it was it was a difficult one to take. It really really was.
0: Mm. I know that we're going to talk about 25 years on from the World Cup, but that's really interesting. what You're saying about Euro '96, and then you know three years later we went back to Wembley, and in typical Scotland fashion, 1999, we beat them, but still went out in the mm. playoffs. If you remember, um, well, obviously yeah, you'll yeah. remember because you were there, you played. Um what was that what was that like? Um, you know, that that's the ultimate bittersweet, isn't it? You're beating them yeah. on their own patch, played them off the pitch, and yeah. ultimately we still never qualified. Yeah, I know it it's a it's a it's a probably typical Scottish hard luck story, isn't it?
2: Really, when you mm-hmm. think about it. Um, because we'd lost the game, I think, over the two legs at home. With Scholes. I think he'd scored twice, and uh, one of them, one of them was a was a set play where I was quite close to him, except that obviously I wasn't picking up Paul Scholes at set pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the return leg at uh, at Wembley on the I think it was on the Wednesday night, and I'd struggled through the back end of the first the first game at Hamden and I didn't train at all. I didn't I couldn't do anything because my knee was so swollen. Um, and after that game and even if we'd gone extra time at Wembley if we, if we got a second goal you know when Christian Daly had the header saved by Seaman yeah. um, if we'd had that if we'd gone to 2-2 two, two, I would have probably struggled through extra time if uh, uh, I'd probably have had to come off because I got operated on straight after that game I, I mean the cat the cat wasn't very happy about that but <laughs> being being a solid pro and I've I've always given myself you know that um, understanding that I've got to I've got to be available. Doesn't no matter what. Even now, if I'm playing now and play every. I mean, I played two games in three days. Three days there, which was daft to me. But I'm here to tell the tale, sort of thing. I'm here on Tuesday morning recording <laughs> this for you guys, so I'm all right. But I, I still I, I still give it a hundred percent. You know. Um, What's but that it was charity match called? Friday night? No, Friday night was a game. Um, for the physio that I do about coaching at Radcliffe. Um uh Lee's he's got a team West on down at uh, went Park in Blackburn and then on Sunday it was the, the Clifton casuals who Scott Scotty Brown plays, Bruni played, um, <laughs> Big Wits, Big Wits, Brian O'Neill, there's a few of us. But the teams that play against us, they know that we are playing anyway. So, um, but yeah, no, oh, we love it. We love it. I mean, boys, uh, boys, just little boys and I just love it, just kind of get enough yeah. of it.
1: Bruni told us that he was playing in this, uh, that him and Watts had joined an over 35s. He didn't say that you were yeah. in it. This is becoming yeah. more and more like something Davey and I need to go down and cover. Yeah, <laughs> It's <laughs> well, an old star Scotland uh, uh, select.
2: Uh, uh, well, we're, 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 we're going to be reduced in numbers this Sunday because for obvious reasons, because the two games are on. You know, half the lads we're going to Wembley. Um, and I don't know, I, I know that uh, Bruni and Watts aren't going to be there either. Um, so I don't know if we're even going to have a team, but I mean it's made up of ex-pros. <clears throat> um, David Mcniven, Scott Mcniven, Mcniven brothers, their old man Dave, he played for Leeds. Um, Jamie Milligan, he was at Blackpool and Everton. Gav McCann, um, Villa, Sunderland, um, Bolton, uh, Everton as well as so there's a, there's a load of us. But I mean we don't all play at the same time in the in the same team because we're here, there, and everywhere. But um, that's been that's been going for about ten years in Anne's and Lymington Cricket Ground. So uh, the pitch is brilliant. The team that comes and plays us, they know that we're in the team that they're up against. Us sort of thing. Um, there are sometimes it does get a wee bit touchy. They do think they can, you know, younger ones as they do. They think they can take on the, the, the more experienced ones, which is fine. I've not got a problem with that. Um, as long as I can run, I'm okay. Um, I can deal with everything else. But that's um, no, great fun. It really, really is good fun.
1: Please tell me you're
2: top, a top of the league. Well, we've we've we lost a game about four weeks ago. We got we get beat four one, and I mean I I was at the back, and we didn't have anybody that day. I think there was Bruni wasn't there. Brian wasn't there. I think Brian was referee and He was injured. No Milligan, no McCann, no Whitaker, so no Scotty. So it was one of them. Um and sometimes they get it lucky as well as depend the team selection. Because because the, the manager um he's who played for us as well and he's younger than me. Um he's probably got more hair than me though, and he's bald. Um he uh, he, he he likes to think he's a proper ten hag, Do you know what I mean? He's a big man United <laughs> fan as well, I sort of think, so,
0: yeah. Sounds like great fun, to be fair. Oh, it's anyway, good. it's good. All right. All right. All right. good stuff. All right, let's go back twenty five years. But before the campaign, before the actual World Cup in France in nineteen ninety eight, you had to get there. Scotland had to get there, and that was an incredible campaign. That was the campaign where um, Estonia never turned up for a game. Um, yeah, you ended up, you know, like I think it was a, it is it John Collins celebrating after the three seconds yeah. when the referee blows? Yeah, you know so there's I don't think you played in that game that game, Maybe you, played in that game. you know yeah.
2: what I mean though no. um, yeah yeah no I am yeah, no, I, um, I was injured Um, and to be fair when I spoke to Craig bit, he said listen Carl we should have enough we should have enough to go there and and beat Estonia I mean I think I my, my first cap for Scotland was against Estonia I think we won mm-hmm. 3-0 Kev Gallagher had a couple of goals that day his first couple of goals for Scotland Um. But then, of course, there was an unfortunate turn of events that I think the the Estonian FA decided that they were not going to turn up on the day, but we had to still attend. And I can remember it quite vividly, that everybody walking out. So there's Scotland walking out on their own, and John's at the front. He was captain, be Johnny Collins for the day. And- and he's like, the national anthem got played. Everything else, and then they go take the kick off. He takes it forward. The referee blows, and that's it. And they just walk off. It was the most surreal, so, so ridiculous situation. And yeah. I mean, but I can remember the game having been that game had to be played at some point. And it was played in Monaco. Yeah, Aye. and I
1: played,
2: played it, that I played game. That, though, didn't you? I played that. Yeah. I played that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and big dunk, big Duncan Ferguson. I think he played that game as well. And they drew nil right. nil. Um, mm-hmm. and Big Dunk got a, quite a bit of stick about that. He, he missed a couple of chances, but he he didn't he didn't take <laughs> too well to that Big Dunk and Ferguson. But um, yeah, that was a that was mad. That was just one of them games, you know. But we well, still made it,
0: still made through the group and everyone else, which was which ah, absolutely. And, was always and, a difficult part. I know. And Gary Mack was obviously the captain, but I think he got injured and couldn't go to the World Cup. At what point were you told? Or when did Craig tell you that he wanted you to be the captain? Well, it was, uh, well,
2: I'm not saying it was one of you two guys that rang me, but it was one of you guys, i.e. in the, the media. In the yeah. media world, I got a phone call. Gary had done his hamstring, I think, and he'd been it for about a month, so it was quite a tear. Mm-hmm. And he was on his way back, and he'd played for Coventry Reserves on the in the December and I got a phone call to say, have you heard about Gary McAllister's back? And I took the call, because I knew, I can't recall exactly who the, the reporter was, but I took the call, and I said, yeah, I felt, he said, oh, that's great news for us, because he, I mean, Gary was as good a player that I played with all around, you know, mm-hmm. I, I go on record and say, that the best player, and I played with a Shearer, and a, and a, and a Kochi, and Yorra Yocki, and I played with loads of, I mean, there are too many to mention, to be fair, <laughs> players I played with, but, um, Gary was probably the one that could do everything and you know he left Coventry to go to Liverpool and win a treble in, in Europe and that just shows the, the, the quality of, of, yeah. of, of the guy but he um, he got injured on that game and then I, I got lost a little bit in translation because I said yeah he's come back he's getting fit he's going to be ready for the World Cup I said no 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 he's got injured tonight and I've gone what injured in the game coming back and they said yeah I'm like oh you're joking he said, no, and it's a one We think it's his ACL. So I missed the World Cup and you will be captain if you're number two. And I'm like, right, uh, well, I didn't know that. But then it came out. I mean, it wasn't something that Craig Brown's going to ring me and say, listen, call, you're going to be captain in the World Cup. I think it was more or less because if Gary stepped or he was injured, I would step in. If I, if I was injured, and John Collins would step in. And that's right. how it worked. Um, so it was more or less reading between the lines that if Gary wasn't going to make the World Cup, that I was probably going to have that great honour of walking us out and instead uh, the party. sure, sure.
1: What, what, What's your memories of that day, Colin? Because, oh. you know, again, Davey and I in the press box, the night before was carnage. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. it must it have been wasn't terrible a for pre-match. you, must have. It wasn't a <laughs> good pre-match preparation, but we got there. I just remember the whole thing, the excitement levels, the fact it was us, the fact the whole eyes of the world were on us because of who we were playing in the first game. I mean, it was just as close to perfect. I also remember yeah. being terrified that the the OG Ronaldo was going to absolutely, you know, destroy us. And yeah. from memory, and that didn't happen. I thought we dealt yeah. really well. You guys dealt really, really well with him for ninety minutes, which yeah. you know was again a bit of a sickener because here's this guy, the best player in the world, he did go on to destroy just about everybody else in that World Cup, he didn't do it to us and yet we still end up in the end of, a stinker. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah.
2: Ridic- I mean, it's pretty start to finish. I mean, it was, it, it's, it's, I mean, I can, I think as you get older, there's things com- keep coming back and there has been some video footage of us in in um, Stade de Remy, uh, Remy de Provence uh, next to Avignon, mm-hmm. where we stayed. And then we flew the day before up to Paris, stayed in the hotel that night. And, I mean, we were on the coach heading to the stadium, oh, goodness me, probably about four or five hours prior mm-hmm. to the game kicking off, around really about 12 o'clock. Because, obviously, with the opening game the World Cup, there's all the razzmatazz, there's all the show before it, um, there's all the preparation. Um but we were there quite early but even as early as we were the streets and by the time we got there the stadium was practically full uh, you know and, and we were walking out maybe two and a half hours three hours before the game and it wasn't a red hot day I mean it was it was warm it was a nice day it was you know touching 70 degrees but it wasn't a red red hot sort of thing and it was a later kickoff as well as if I remember I think it was about five, four or five o'clock it was five um, o'clock about, yeah yeah a bit later in the day so we 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 gets there and I mean the ma- the master stroke of it all initially was that between the players and the SFA was that we wear the we wear the kilt the kilt so we were on our kilts walking out and and listen see you are on about. Braveheart and all that stuff and Bannockburn and all I mean that felt I felt thought I, this is me. I'm I'm right at the top, I'm right here right at the front, you know, freedom and all that. It's like crazy, man. And it was all and you're getting the, word, on the world champions Getting you're, the wood painted uh, on the face. The, everything, everything. It was mental. Um, play and you're about to play the world champions, eh? So you know, so and I mean and so Craig Craig said to us, he said, listen, go out and acknowledge the Brazil fans and then go and See the top army and the families, and spend a bit of time if you can. Obviously, they can't go on the pitch, and we can't go off the pitch, sort of thing. But it was pretty stout already. It was pretty busy, um, and of course, we, we acknowledged the Brazilian fans, and we're walking out, and they're about wow, look at these in the national dress, and this is, and they were, they were, they tried to get pictures and that with us, because, but we're not going to go and get pictures with it. Opposing fans just before we play the biggest game of our career, sort of thing, you know. But mm-hmm. we gave them a wave of knowledge. they acknowledged us sort of thing, and we went down seeing the Scotland fans, and um, I was picking it. Man, well, <clears throat> my late wife Denise, parents, where Davy had Callum, uh, Kyle, and Reagan. That's the two that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they and it was just. I mean, it was just a great, great, great atmosphere, and of course, there's there's no animosity. There's no hatred or no crowd trouble or nothing like that. It was just just being part of probably the biggest viewed. And I, and I think you guys might be able to correct me as well. it was the the biggest viewed um live um sporting event at that time in ninety eight, because it it was the beginning of the internet, or in and around yeah. the internet, coming out so yeah. people could watch it on a on a on the old dial up PC, probably about an hour behind. But
1: yeah.
2: But that said, wow. um, you, you, it was it was a it was a very highly viewed um, uh, match. I, I can remember that much, and then, of course, we goes out, does a bit, comes back in, <clears throat> gets ready, and of course, you'll remember. Um, I think on some of the footage as we're walking out, <clears throat> I'm, I'm leading, of course. Then Jim Layton's behind me, and Tommy Boy's behind him, and Colin Calderwood. He he goes the other way. Yeah, yeah. I think he comes out and, <laughs> and right, goes the other yeah. way. So so he, he 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 runs away from the tunnel <laughs> and is the, the that excited and that pumped up. Um, but as I'm as I'm walking out, I mean, it's this is the tale that I always tell everybody. Um, as I'm walking out. Um, Craig and Alex coming past me and they're saying, "Skipper, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm great. I'm good. He said, well, just have a quick look behind you. Just have a look. So I've, I've looked behind me and just coming out of the Brazil dressing room, you've got Dunga, the captain, then Taffarel, the goalie, Roberto Carlos, the full back. Then you've got R- Rivaldo, then Beto, then Romario, he can't get a game. Then Ronaldo. <laughs> And I've looked back to Craig and I've gone, what? He said, have you seen their eyes? I said, no. He says, they're fucking shiting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm like, I, 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 I see and that was Craig. That was Craig. He was just absolutely nailed on with everything that he did and everything that he said. And I'm like, I've just heard the best quote of all quotes and I'm about to play the world champions in the biggest game of my life here. But the lads, that? the lads. Yeah. Well, I think he thought he was trying to calm us down, or he was trying to like make us no feel as if, uh, you know, it wasn't there wasn't such a gulf between them yeah. and us sort of thing. Um, the were like gate crashing their party. Well, yeah, more or less.
0: He, Craig, Craig once told me that, that the tactics that day were to prevent a Cafu, the right back for feeding Mm -hmm. Ronaldo because that's where a lot of their goals came from so they're basically trying to cut off Ronaldo at source Um, and see when you think about it and what Keith said earlier on you know Ronaldo didn't have a massive massive impact on the game so you know your game plan worked but losing a goal in the first five minutes must have been an absolute sickener.
2: yeah I think I think where where it fell down for me, especially as a defender anyway, was that in the manner that we conceded the two goals. Because mm. if, we, if we're playing the world champions, say, and they have, throughout the, the course of the game, they've got like a 20% possession because they are the world champions. We are on only a little Scotland attendant. Then you, then, and they maybe keep the ball for, I don't know, 15, 12, 15 passes and then... Ronaldo or Bebeto or Rivaldo decides to pin one off his right peg into the top left, Jim's left-hand corner for thirty yards. Then you turn around and you go, you know what? That's that's well done. That's why you're world champions. <clears throat> but no, <laughs> we concede for a corner kick after was it four or five minutes, and then yeah. the most ridiculous own goal that I've ever been involved in. Because mm-hmm. although it's, it's it, it, it hits Tommy and it's as soon as it bounces it spins away from me because I'm about to clear it and it and and it just it, it was over in a flash, but it was one but of it, them that
0: over in a flash. But you it was think like slow you're in control, ocean, of it. wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. It? You think well, you think you're in control of it, Dave. And then as it as it bounced, I'm thinking, oh, oh I'm not going to get it. And it's like, and it's oh, all okay. It's going to go on, and it's in before you know it, oh. it's in before you know it. But um, Talking about Ronaldo, I mean, <clears throat> he had the one chance in the first half where he's gone down the right-hand side and he's taken me out of my little comfort zone by the lines of the 18-yard box. And he's got me down the side. And it's came, it must have came from Carfoot. It must have came down from that. Well, it did come from that side. And he's turned me. And then I think Tommy, Tommy came across. But I've had to commit the biggest sin and defending. Turned my back. I turned my back on my opponent for the first time in probably so many years, but it was the best in the world right. at the time, Ronaldo. So, and, and in order for me to get background quick enough, I, t- I had to turn my back. And he had a shot, he had a strike, and, he, and it went past Jim Jim's right-hand post, I think. And I think, to be mm-hmm. fair, that was the one and only real threat that he gave yeah. us. On on the day, you know, I think he linked up a couple of times outside the box, but no, we we did we did all right against them. We did okay, T- but it was just the manner on how we lost the game. You know, a corner kicking an own goal it was disappointing. T-
1: Tell me this, though, no Colin, from a defender's point of view, because you're right. right? The the guys at the other end of the pitch get all the you know, adoration, adulation for you know their moments. <clears throat> I can only imagine what that must have been like as a central defender up against the the greatest player in the world of, of that time. The concentration levels, that must have been exhausting. That's, that's yeah. all I can think about. For 90 minutes, you've said it there, you, you made one mistake where he's got round the wrong side, you've had to turn your back mm-hmm. on him. You're still, <clears throat> 25 years later, kicking yourself for it. So that would mm-hmm. say to me that for the rest of that 90 minutes, you were absolutely, the, the three of you at the back were absolutely on it, not a... Hardly a mistake made. And that must require, as I said, exhausting levels of concentration.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think with with all the preparation that we had, and and I think we'd gone to... We'd gone to America, we played the USA, and we played Columbia, like we did in 96. We went over there, we played... Two good, two goodish sides. I mean, the US would doing on all in Washington. I think before we came back, and Colombia we played. I think doing it that might be in the Orange Bowl. I'm not. i just. I'm not quite sure if I got mm-hmm. that correct. But um, <clears throat> and the preparation was to play against obviously a team from that part of the world in Colombia, and I know the America was. I think it was the first time in the, in the World Cup '98, but to play a, a Colombian team that was similar. And, you know, it was all, again, that was the work that Craig Craig was thinking about. Preparation for us, especially defender. I mean, don't get us wrong, lads. I mean, <laughs> we were always going to be under a bit of pressure um, because we were probably the minnows of the group. I mean, because the Norwegians always fancy themselves. They're playing the world champions. And um, Morocco were probably thinking as well as there uh, was well, between them in Norway to go through because a lot of old Scotland will not <clears throat> give us a problem sort of thing but mm. the concentration levels was all about at international level anyway you know this mm-hmm. is where we are on the back foot for, for most games apart from some of the qualifiers that we play against the likes of the going back to the Estonias the Latvias Lithuanias the San Marinos the Faroe Islands that we had a lot of these games mm-hmm. in, in both qualifications the Euros and the 98 and Euro 20 uh, euro 2000s as well as so there was a lot of these sort of games where we'd have the upper hand but then when the bigger boys came involved and and we were we were expected to get beat your concentration levels kicked in especially from a defensive point of view to the to the ultimate because that's what we had to be in order to give ourselves a chance or a a platform to build off of tell me this
1: thing Colin at the end of that game did you rate Ronaldo after it because, and I don't mean that as being <laughs> facetious, but I think um, you've probably had tougher games against tougher opponents. You must have walked off that part thinking, hmm, Ronaldo, I'm not sure he, he's the big deal here."
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think. I I I mean the lads at Radcliffe that I'm coaching with, you know, the boys, they they they, they love coming in early because I'm always in early. I'm always the first in and probably last away. But anyway, they're like. Ronaldo. They've asked me a lot about Ronaldo, so mm-hmm. was he and I'm like, well, yeah, he did. But I mean, <clears throat> I think at the time as well as there was a uh, there was a rumor that he might have been injured, and Nike insisted that he didn't play, or or the Brazilian FA said he had to play, or what there was a there was a there was a quandary at the time mm-hmm. as to if he should play or if he shouldn't play, or because he was injured or whatever. But that said, he played. So I mean, I've played so many times, seventy. 60, 70% fit, 80% fit, you know, so we all do that sort of thing. But, I, I mean, I've played against Thierry Henry, I've played against, you know, so many players of, 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 of world, world-class footballers I've played against, and he he did he showed flashes in the game where I thought, even where I, and I was probably at my peak, you know, I was right at mm. my peak in, in my game, I'm thinking, wow, you know, he did a lot of things, you know, to turn the pace. Because although I was never ever the quickest, and I always said that, I always read the game. I, I never ever lost races. I could never ever be seen as to losing a race because I'd always read the situation quickly enough. But there was a couple of times within the game when I played against, uh, and, and, and against Brazil, I'm thinking, he's... Probably got a bit more to give, but I don't know if he can give it, or if he's running out of space, or if I've, if I've, if I've closed off that angle or that avenue for him, that he's got to change his direction, which is always good because that means they've got to take a touch or they've got to change it. There's going to be an element of losing a bit of time on that when you change direction. So there's all these little different things that you think about, and especially when you've got if you've got the three as well as. The two that can go and commit themselves, and there's always a there's always the coverage at the back, which was me sort of thing. So, but yeah, no, it's fantastic, phenomenal footballer, and you can understand why being regarded as the greatest, you know, is one of the greatest because that, I mean, that discussion will go on and on forever. With the, the yeah. likes of losing Pele recently, and and Maradona, and Messi, and Ronaldo seven sort of thing, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a great discussion.
0: Absolutely, I just very shot? quickly move on. to.
2: No, because this is, this is a, <laughs> I wasn't pissed off, but I got drug tested. The drug tested right. right on the pitch. 5 you're coming with me. I'm like, well, no, you're coming with me. Off you come, son. I'm like, you're having a laugh. So we Johnny Collins, we John got his shot, But um, I was a bit fortunate as well as because I was trans, I was going from um, Mizuno, I was contracted to Mizuno and I was signed, I'd signed a deal with Nike and um, Nike had given me a load of shirts to take with me because they have sponsored Brazil. So there's about four blue and four gold Brazil shirts to take to get signed from the game. So we had a couple of kids, a couple of lads that came along with us, um, like the little bit boys to look after that helped Hughie Allen, the, the kit man, during the course of the, the time we were in the World Cup. Um, which would must have been a great experience for them, and uh, I got them to get the shirt signed for me. So I've got a signed shirt. I've got and and then in time as well, I've given them all away more or less the, the, <laughs> that for charity and stuff. But I had to hand some back tonight because that was part of the deal. And I think I kept about four of myself, but I think about three of them. I've got one left. I know that much, and that's signed uh, that's wow. signed by Ronaldo, um, Rivaldo, Bebeto, and Roberto Carlos. So. I still
1: He's
2: got behind the same the again. Yeah, well, if you put right,
0: me in, right, as well, right, absolutely, yeah, absolutely you know, I could play in the goal as well. So it doesn't it is. <laughs> no bad. eye just moving on quite quickly then to like game two Bordeaux. You know, from memory again that day. You know, we were the far, far the better team. Um, yeah, ended up with a draw when it should have been the three hmm. points, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it should have been.
2: I mean, I think we were. I can't recall if we were doing one I think we were doing one all at half time Aye. I think we were Aye, they scored um, first
0: and then yeah,
2: and, and as soon as that going in if, you, if you've if you lost the first game which you had you're right under pressure you're under real severe pressure because you're thinking if, that, if it stays we're going home um, mm-hmm. and of course Craig Craig's comes in at half time and he really did have a goal he really did have a go at set to, to a lot of us. And we, were the, we weren't we were squabbling between each other, but we were quite vociferous within the, the the dressing room and digging people out. And people were having to go at defenders, people were having to go at midfielders, midfielders, having to go at strikers. And so there's a load of different things going on. But I remember, I remember Craig coming in and he says, and he'd forgotten, I think England had played the day before, then in... Um, down in Marseille, I think it was. I can't recall who who they'd beaten the day before. But he <laughs> he just come back to England. He said, "If you think we are going home before then, you have another thing coming." I'm like, I'm sure. which was which? which to be we fair, it, but... If we, if, yeah, but if to be fair, if we'd lost the game, we were going home. We were we were going yeah. home because you know nobody can come from a point of two defeats you know, even if you win the last game by a landslide, the, the, the reality of it all is that there'd be somewhere, somebody else, the other two teams would probably go through. I mean, it was, we were the better side. Um, we were the better side. And, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of made, I think, before the game, as well as from the Norwegian coach um, about the game. Um, I think there was a bit of flack and and. Record, I think it was the Wally and the Wellies, Craig Burley had said. Was, right. Yeah, the, the Wally Eagle and Olsen, the Wellies. Is that his and, name? Yeah, Iglo oh. Olsen, yeah. And no. listen, Scandinavians are no shy, you know, when it comes to no. football,
0: especially. I don't think they're very shy. Well, certainly the Norwegians are, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Then, well, obviously, the last game, and probably to the Tartan Army exactly. and all that, you are thinking, well, that's the one that, you know, you know, I know that Morocco in hindsight were a really, really good side, but yeah. that was the one where everybody thought, yeah, well, we'll win that and we can still get through. But as you said, disaster. Yeah. Craig gets sent off, didn't he? Yeah. Craig Burley gets sent off three-nothing. Yeah. That must have been horrendous.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was. It was because um I don't think we were complacent in any way. I just I just think that there was probably too many players off on the on the night. Um Again, we weren't really sure what we were going to go in against, like the Brazil game from an experience point of view, because African teams had never played against an African side, um, or that part of the world, if you will. Um, And even with the experience of playing against Colombia, um, before we played Brazil, that helped us the Norwegian game yeah that was a stereotypical European qualifier type game where you'd be involved in quite a bit but it was, it was a bit nip and tuck as to who was the better side but the last game yeah that, and it was a disaster from I mean I think it started the Craig Burley's bleached hair I think that's where it all started to go wrong um, <laughs> did but, they steal your shampoo I know, bit, well <laughs> I wish I had that shampoo these days I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> um, but no uh, Craig yeah <clears throat> lost a lost head as well as didn't he so mm-hmm. and I mean it was a strange I mean well it was very bittersweet because, well I wouldn't say bittersweet it was definitely bitter because we we go there and we don't put a show on and tartan army <laughs> you know it's I think it's not the most attractive of places to go and attend a, a game of football <clears throat> um, but I think Morocco actually thought they were going through. You know, I mean uh, Norway had beaten Norway had beaten Brazil. You know, Brazil lost mm-hmm. twice that tournament, the final, and that game against Norway. So
0: um that was a shock. That was a turn up. And that was that far? that I was actually at that game to cover the Norway Brazil game that night when the <laughs> other lads were obviously covering your game. And all I could think of in the last... Because Norway scored twice in the last three minutes to beat them. And Mm. all I was thinking Mm. was... And obviously I knew Scotland were out 3-0 and blah, blah, blah. But I was thinking, what a way for Scotland to have gone out. If Scotland had beat Morocco, because Norway Mm. had beaten Brazil, we'd still have gone out. And that that was going through my head that night that that would have been so typical for Scotland. But actually, Morocco got to feel what it was like to be Scottish. Talk about a glorious failure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, see, there's a
2: lot. There's a lot during the game as well as. Um, <clears throat> so I went on to play with um, Mustafa Hadji, and and mm-hmm. I forget the name of the other player. It was at Coventry City. Coventry. Later yeah. on, but I I ended up playing with them. And but that night, on on that night as well as, there was a lot of verbals between them them and us sort of thing, you know. And it wasn't really a game of. There wasn't any hatred or nothing in the game. There's no, there's nothing between us as far as history because we've never played each other. But just the, there was a lot of that. There's a lot of that given it, and yeah. So right at the end of the game, when we got told, by the way, people beat Brazil, <laughs> well, you can yeah. imagine what the boys are saying. <laughs> the Moroccans like Hey, get a hobby, get a <laughs> And it was, but it was only but right because they were giving it all that during the game. You know, two 0 three 0 We're doing a ten men. We're never coming back from that. And there's a lot of verbals, and I'm thinking, you know, because they're broken English. Not well, Scottish, we don't mm-hmm. speak any other languages. They were part of me, Johnny Collins, he's only one. Um, but we understood what they meant. Uh, so we, give, um, we, we were quite happy to give them a wee bit back right at the end of the game, because they were in tears absolutely. as well. As, so what goes around comes around, absolutely.
1: you know. <laughs> I meant to uh, ask Colin, when you were talking about Gascoigne's goal at Wembley. Did you have an exchange with him afterwards? I mean, obviously, your teammates... A set of circumstances comes about. It's his golden moment. you said it. You've mm. saved his England career. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did he say anything to you after? What was said in your, in, after that game? You must have wanted to wring his throat. Uh, I swapped shirts with Alan Shearer. Um, um, but before I'd gone to Euro 96,
2: um, the headline of the Lancashire Telegraph was Alan had said, I'll bring my medal home to show Colin. Or words to that. I think the head, the yeah. headline would still you you'd guys would still be able to get a hold of that headline somewhere along the line B '96, mm-hmm. and of course that didn't happen, um, which I was glad about. But um, I, I seen guys a, a few years later. It was early, early two thousand. Um, we were playing a game up at Newcastle, or I was playing a game, a charity game called the Match. It was on Sky One, mm-hmm. so it was ex players mm-hmm. against a load of different. Actors and stuff. It was a sort of a sellout. So about forty thousand on it again, mm-hmm. and we won. I think we won one mm-hmm. nil or two two nil, I can't recall. But Gaza was there, and my late wife Denise had been ill and made a recovery at that point. And um, he, he, you know, he, Gaza being Gaza, readily gets easily upset. You know, he he was sat with us at dinner and had a good, obviously had a few drinks, a lot of, well, a lot of drinks. And then um, he got a wee bit emotional with Denise sort of thing. And it was, mm. was touching. It was nice. But mm. no, I've, I've come across him a few times, but I've not, not, not recently. Um, um, and he probably wouldn't have managed that goal now anyway. If he comes down to Lytham on a Sunday, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd probably get... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be messing with Aye. him.
1: I mean, he's, he's, no, I get no. it. He's not going to apologise for it. Why would you? But at the same no, time... Absolutely. He, at the same time, he, he'll have known how much that hurt. For all guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it did hurt. I mean, as I, as I said, it's, there's only two games and that was one of the games that I've seen grown men cry after a game and throughout the game itself, I think, you know, I've, and Gar- I don't think Gary's... I mean, people have a go at me about the goal. People, you know, if, if, depending on the situation, the circumstances, socially out late at night I, I do a function... People said a drink, oh, guys, I did you, it's your fault. I still get that. From you know, Scottish I still get, was a chance. Pardon? From Scottish guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, would, I then left Blackburn in 98 to go and sign for ranges, So It could have been one of, eight yeah. eight, I don't know. Um, but that said, um, Gary took a, Gary took a bit of criticism as well as for the penalty. You know, and it's, so I hmm. share that sort of understanding of Mm -hmm. it was it's been difficult and it is difficult you know still to this day people my generation our generation they all all remember it you know but I mean the one thing I say to people is that as far as the goal etc it's taken England's greatest ever footballer to do that to me Mm -hmm. so then I throw that discussion back to the people that's talking about it and they go I said, well give me a verse, English Footballer that technically gifted. You're looking at Bobby Charlton. You're looking at um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, well, not I'm, many. Anyway. I don't know. Um, there's not. There's not. There's. There's not many. clean you know. Hoddle. You know. So there's not Aye. to do to do that. And but you mm. know that stereotypical Paul Gascoigne. He had that ability. And you know when you look at all the different forums and stuff about. Choosing and
0: voting for you know he's right up there. Those guys are mm-hmm. see see to to move that on, Colin. Um, how tough was it for you to end the Scotland career the way it ended with uh, 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 Nicola Albani You scored two mm. goals that night, but yeah, it's remembered obviously for being sent off in the last minute, six match ban, and you never played for your country again. How looking back on that, how tough a time was that? Well, you've got you've you got two things there wrong, Dave. Boy. I didn't get sent off. Did you not? I didn't get sent off. I didn't get sent
2: off. I didn't get sent off, no. I completed Just, the game. Oh, well, that's and sad. then retrospect. Right. Then retrospectively, they looked at it
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and they gave me a three-match ban. Right. So Craig says, and I'll, I'll, I'll go through what happened when I'll finish this wee bit. So Craig mm-hmm. says to me, he says, right, call. Um, we're going to appeal that because of what you're telling us and the footage that we've got, and we'll get it. We'll get it quashed. So they appealed it, and the appeal failed. <laughs> and we got a, I got a six match back, six and that was seven. it. That was curtains. That was curtains for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have aspirations to try and get back and play for my curtain. I didn't want to end there, but then then again, I scored half balling my right foot and half volume my left foot and I mean I only scored three goals for my, my country so then two goals and I had a header against Malta so mm-hmm. um, I had the perfect trio of goals in my career international career sort of thing but um, no what happened that was I was up for every corner because at half time Craig had said to me he said listen I think Dennis Law was the last person that scored a hat trick and it was in 70 or 60s or whatever it was. He said, let's make, you know, create a bit of history and try and get the hat trick, big man. He said, "And you know, for what you've done for us and you deserve something. And I'm like, right, well, I'll up at every set piece, up at every set piece. And, of course, I'm at the corner kick and I'm getting marked from behind. And as per, as per usual, he's all over me, which I get. I've not got a problem with any of that. And then he started nipping the back. So he's right. nipping, nipping, nipping. And I'm thinking... That's fine. That's okay. I've not got a problem with the nip. But what I'll do is with my elbow, I'll just give him a, a dig in the ribs. That's what I'll do. And so that the more he nips, the harder I'll I'll dig his ribs. <laughs> Unbeknown to me, he's behind me, and I've not really told this story, and certainly not on camera. He's behind me, and as he's I've got I've gone forward, as I've gone forward, he's he was leaning on me, so he's 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 ended up going down forwards a little bit. So at that moment, I've took my elbow and I've hit him bang square in the jaw. But I do not see what I'm doing because I'm facing the ball. Mm-hmm. So he's behind me. I catch him on the on the on the on the dish. He collapses like he's been shot, gets carried off on the stretcher, waving to the fans as he's getting carried <laughs> off. I think he's up seeing Mon's Meg at Edinburgh Castle the day after cut the say of one of the tabloids in <laughs> in Scotland, and I'm the wor- and I'm the wor- the worst man in the world because I've I've, I've tried to protect myself at a corner kick, and that but that story is no really really ever ever came out so not a chance certainly not on, mm. on, on on camera, but that's what happened. Tell that's me, tell what us, happened.
1: But tells us this, Colin, you mentioned that he's nipping you. Yeah. Now, you're vastly experienced. You've, you've played against some of the, the, the best strikers in the world. You've been in these. You know, Davey and I are a couple of laymen. We, we're sitting watching all this from a press box. So we've got no yeah. idea. How, how much of a common occurrence was something no, like that? It? Some guy nipping you? No, it
2: wasn't. It, it was never. I mean, the top players don't do that. The top yeah. players don't do that. Because they, they, all they do is get in your head with the movement and scoring yeah. goals and and, and and making sure that they get between you and the ball. If you look back at the records of San Marino, the amount of sending offs, yellow cards, free kicks they give away, mm. that tells you. Mm-hmm. That tells you, and since then as well as, that tells you they play one way and one way only. They play the dirtiest, and that's their only way because they're so poor. They're that bad. That's mm. the way they have to mm. play. So that that I don't have to say, I don't have to give that reason to you guys to explain that it's an, it's if you read the stats. It tells you there already, mm-hmm. so it's not. It's not as if it's an opinion. It's in black and white. Oh, yellow yeah, and red. <laughs> yeah, yellow and red, but six <laughs> matches. Yeah, and then when Bertie Fox <clears throat> took over, I thought. I thought I'd get a call for Bertie. I thought, yeah, you know, I'm back playing at Bolton and everyone else is back playing, and um, I never even got a letter to thank me for my services.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking,
2: go though. But I never even got a call for
0: Bertie. Right, right. But um see at that, that time as well, Colin.
1: There was see, all, uh, a of... you dodged, Colin. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, we had to deal with Bertie. You missed that yeah. one. It was a good call. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: know. Right. Just 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 to uh, just to wrap up on, on that um whole incident. Now, there was talk at the time that the procurator fiscal had contacted right. Police Scotland and, to see if yeah, they wanted yeah. to do anything about that. I mean, I yeah. mean what? Um, what was going through your yeah, head what, at that point? That that you know, the people were actually looking to do you for that. You know,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was. Listen, I was pretty much unblemished in my career. I can't talk about everyone my, my whole life as such because everybody's got something that they they wish they'd never done in their life and everyone else. But um, I was a pretty solid professional. Um, mm-hmm. I think the gas going goal. I could have done something about it. You know, if I, if I take him out, I get sent off. I miss the last game against Switzerland. That wasn't really my... I wasn't like that. You know, if you go into different parts of, well, certainly South America, even Spain or Italy, if it was a Spanish or an Italian defender, they would probably took Gaza out and took the red card yeah. and waited for the next, the next opportunity to play. That wasn't me. Um, so it wasn't like... It wasn't like I was going to, you know, I was a solid pro, I was a solid pro. And and yeah, I found that, I found that strange. I, and But I did get the call, I got the call, because Craig said, I was even reported in the press, the CPS are looking into an incident at Hamden Park on such and such a night. I'm like, really? True. Really? I'm, think, I'm thinking, yeah. wow. People are, you know, yeah. some yeah. parts of, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's immediate. it's not the immediate, just some parts of, 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 of life. It doesn't matter how mm. well you do, there's always somebody there trying to bring you down,
1: you know. Well, just That's as well as not in today, this day and age, that would be a 30-year stretch you'd be looking at, <laughs> but, uh, well, <laughs> the way things the f- have gone thing about, today. Well, it's
2: not, well, I don't even know, because VAR is so badly used, and and you guys, I know, mm. in Scotland, it's just come in and people are complaining, well, we've had it done here, and we've still got it done here in England, and it's like, it goes back to the to the the naked eye, the human eye. It's mm-hmm. back to a human decision mm-hmm. in relation. To, so it's not actually the var and the equipment and everything that we're using. It's again back to subjective. So yeah, simple as that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I think right. I think if it was available back in that day, I would have got. They would have seen. Wow, hold on a minute. you can't be. they can't be doing that to him. And he's and I've, all mm-hmm. I've done is,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, responded. Um, yeah, yeah. Wrongly, yeah. I may say. Wrongly, I may, I may say. But I was—I I, wasn't—I didn't do it deliberately because I, I have no got eyes in the back of my head, so it's not mm. as if I I'm, I'm, I'm intended
0: it. See, see. By the time uh, we'll, we'll move this on for the uh, for the Scotland thing, just very quickly, Colin. But by that time, yeah. you had already played at Rangers. You had had your two years at Rangers, I think, um, nineteen ninety nine to no yeah. nineteen ninety eight to two thousand, I think. What was that yeah. like playing for advocate and, uh, you know, winning the treble, particularly as Rangers bounced back from the disappointment of the previous year where they lost a 10-in-a-row chance and mm. obviously Dick came in and, uh, you know, you, you'd won the treble in your first year. What was that like?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, there was something that I've, you know, it was icing on the cake for me. I mean, not a, cha- not a chance was I able to try and work out the fact that A was going to win a treble for Rangers. And B win the league at Parkhead, you know. Mm. So for that for that point of view, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. For, for and and um, I wouldn't have changed any part of my career whatsoever. Um, probably the only thing would to maybe deal with Gaza's goal a bit better. Other than that, because that gets spoken about so much since. But I'm listen. I would never change anything apart. You know, winning the Premiership with Blackburn, winning the treble with Rangers, and and I thought it'd actually gone. I thought that opportunity had gone because I think I think two years prior to that, um, Rangers had made an inquiry, but then uh, the the David Murray had said that they weren't going to sign any players over the age of thirty for more than a million. And then there was a massive change. Walter left, and and the Cadwickac took over, and there's an influx of phenomenal world-class players, world-class footballers coming in. And then I, I got the call and, and I thought, right, I've got to go for three million at my age as well, as I'm thinking, well, it's an opportunity. And and it wasn't the fact that I was going to Rangers, just that it was the fact that as a family, we were going back to Scotland. You know, I mean, majority of my career, apart from my early days at Dundee, um, had all been in England and the, the the family so young and everything else and it was just a, it was a great opportunity to go back in Champions League football as well as to play in Europe because it, that was few and far between at Blackburn because we weren't it was a you know a town team winning the premiership we weren't there wasn't layers and layers of heritage in relation to doing well uh, domestically and playing in the, in, in Europe regularly sort of thing so that was the downside of playing well at Blackburn at the time because we weren't used to that European
1: football That's that's um, a life mm-hmm. life changing event I can only imagine Colin because yeah. being to Blackburn I know what the place is like I know that I mean you I'm sure that you couldn't walk down the high street in Blackburn without getting recognised but I think you take yeah. things to a whole new level I mean you, you were perfectly yeah. comfortable down there perfectly yep. used to you know everybody knows you but it's different up here is different you've stepped into a goldfish bowl and you're wearing a tartan suit, <laughs> you're recognisable. <laughs> well in in, yeah. in in this mad part of the world. How difficult was that to transition into? That, that was
2: that was that was difficult. That was the hardest part, I think. It wasn't so much the football. Although I'd signed at the back end of the World Cup and I didn't really have a break and at my age as well as at thirty, well, thirty-three. Um I probably needed a good break that summer, but I didn't get it. So I went mm-hmm. straight into pre-season and then I had groin problems, um, which was more or less on the back of not having a break. And the body telling you, listen, you're breaking down, you need to get that repaired. So I did my I did my bit for that season as well as, but I didn't really get into any a, a good <clears throat> Run of games where I got back into myself on a domestic on a on a domestic key. It was the injuries that hampered me more than anything else at Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoyed myself <clears throat> playing with such great footballers, and you know, Dick tried to sign me. I think <clears throat> back in ninety three or ninety four when he was at Eindhoven, he made an inquiry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dicked, wow. Dicked. Oh, yeah, and that was where there was. There was a jet. a couple of German sides, there was a couple of Italian sides, as well as when I was at Blackburn, they were like, right, yeah. And Jack Walker said to me, he said, listen, you're not going anywhere. You're here for the, we'd just got in, in the Premiership a couple of years. I think it was about 93 or 94. And he said, we're, you're going places at the minute. And I said, well, I'm happy, I'm fine. You know, look after me, and he did. Mm-hmm. But um, no, Dick
1: tried to sign me prior to that. Um, that's interesting so that I'll yeah. tell you why that's interesting because a lot of people, a
2: lot of people a lot thought of, it was a David Murray signing yeah
1: that was, that that, was the accusation yeah. wasn't it this yeah. is David Murray's ego he wants to buy the captain of Scotland
2: there's a lot of Scottish players had left and he just wanted to put back in a bit of Scottish Scottishness into the, into the side and what better than the Scottish captain from the, the World Cup that's just finished um, so that mm. was that but it was, it was Dick at wanted to sign me as well. As. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know I was late in signing because I missed <laughs> the two, three things that was promised. Was like, well, you're going to be captain. Well, I didn't sign in time. So they'd name a captain before they played hearts in opening game at Town Castle. So Lorenzo got the captaincy. And then, so you're going to be number five. Well, in Holland, the number five is the left back. So that's Arthur Newman. <laughs> that's Newman's. right. And then, and then before you know and but I wasn't bothered. Didn't it didn't it bother me anything about these things, but it's just little stories and little things. So a lot of people do think it was David Murray signing, but it was mm-hmm. no, it wasn't. It was actually Dick. Dick wanted to sign me, tried to sign me before, um, but he probably got me just a bit late as far as the injuries is concerned. Because at thirty three, you've got to be absolutely on the ball. You've got to be. You've got to be right at it for most of the time, because you'd get found out. And it wasn't so much either. Coming to Scotland and being involved in which I described playing in England in the premiership, a boxing match every week. That game, that game mm. never ever took place apart from when you played an old firm or yeah. you played in Europe. That was that was that was mm. it. Maybe a couple of key games, Aberdeen away, you know, could get a bit naughty and you look after yourself. But physically it wasn't a problem. It was psychologically. it was mentally, it was that was where your games were won when you played for Rangers. Um, certainly at the time that I played and I would have, I would have said there's a lot
1: of a lot of players, ex-players could see the same because of the size of the club and off the pitch, mm, Colin the, the, the family settling into this absolute madhouse <clears throat> up here having been used to you know being across the board and living a nice quiet life thank you very much
2: yeah it was a massive change it was a massive change because <clears throat> my late wife Denise um, her dad Davey's he a massive Celtic fan and you know, they would all growing up as Celtic supporters, and mm. and it was you know he, he, David used to come and look after the kids in the players' lounge at Ibrox after the you know he'd come to the games and mm-hmm. not particularly enjoy them, but enjoyed seeing the kids, <laughs> the, grand, <laughs> the, the grandkids after the game sort of thing, you know. Um, but we were back, we were back home, you know, back home in Scotland, and you know, living a lovely part of the world, the Bridge of Allan, um, and it was it was mm-hmm. good, it was. It was it was great, you know, and, and yeah, no, I would never I would never change any part of my career. Um certainly not to my achievements anyway, in relation to that. And it's it's probably the perfect well it is the perfect treble. You know, I mean I don't yeah. talk a lot about it because a lot of people might think you're trying to open up the avenues between Rangers and Celtic and everyone else. I, I just quietly and you know, especially on social media if you take a few hits on social media on Twitter, for example, where it's pretty much open Twitter. Um, I just mm. let them remind them. But I don't have to go overboard on it. and um, um, it's yeah, it's yeah. a nice treble.
1: Perfect yeah. treble. We talk we talk about great players that you come up against. And I think one of them did give you a bit of trouble, to be fair. You know, Henrik Larson at that point is out of this world, wasn't he? Mm.
2: Henrik yeah, yeah. I mean
1: I think he scored against well, he's he, we
2: got beat. We got beat five. We took was it five one? Scott Wilson got sent off.
1: We visited Parkhead that season. Um, um, he goes through in lobs. He, he, Stefan close. Yeah, huh.
2: Stefan, I think, and then uh, Lubo Marafchek. I think had a hat trick. I think he scored a hat trick that night. But and then he did score, and uh, I think it was a two-two, at Ibrox as well as. Um. But yeah, and again, I mean, and then he goes on to play for Manchester United and Barcelona. So that tells yeah. you the, you know, because down here in England, <clears throat> people people do question the Scottish game, Rangers mm-hmm. and Celtic. And I've often had to defend, and often do I say, and even, and there, there was a, a Goodby story, my next door neighbour um, in Ludham St. Anne's, massive Manchester United. Supporter, he's a season ticket holder. But his best mates are Liverpool season ticket holder. So we three seasons just prior to COVID. He'd gone as an, been invited to the game at Anfield, Liverpool, Man United. So he's, he's half time in the game. <clears throat> he's ringing me, ringing me, ringing me, ringing me. And he was he worked in the oil out to Aberdeen for long enough, Steve. And he's like. I'm like, what's he ringing me for? It's, it's you know, it's a it's a it's a Wednesday night. It's half-time in the game or whatever. So I eventually, pick up the phone and said, "Where are you? What are you doing?" I thought it maybe had a few beers or whatever. And he said, "Calling Anfield." I'm at Anfield. He said, "I'm at Liverpool, Man United." He says, "You're right." He says, "You're right." The biggest game in in Britain is in Scotland. I said. I know, I've told you that, Rangers, <laughs> that's the biggest game. And he said, but I tell you, I've just been told by three other guys as well, and they're all sirs. I said, who's that? He said, Sir Alex Ferguson, Sir Kenny Dagleish and Sir Rod Stewart. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, well, there you go, there you go. Uh,
0: absolutely. So, I'm, I'm, so
2: I'm, telling, I'm telling everybody, so you get into that sort of discussion doing here, and it's difficult because you've got, You've got the, the Arsenal supporters who are coming back out the woodwork a wee bit now. You've got the Chelsea supporters who you can't see them for anything at the minute. Liverpool fans, Man City fans, Man United fans coming back out as well. And they're all like, no, I'm not so sure, I'm not so sure. But it's, to, to try to defend the clubs, is it's not difficult. It's just trying to put them into, put people into perspective as to what they could be if they would be playing against the like in England. That's how I see it. yeah. Oh.
1: I mean, so at that point, you, you, you've you've done it pretty much all the, the Scotland career. I mean, I, I'm guessing that's something that you just you could see it in the way that you played, calling it the men's pride that you had in that. Winning the title at Blackburn is as a fairy tale story. As you yeah. describe it, the perfect travel at Rangers. Obviously, the incident happens at Hamden. Um, which kind of brings the curtain down in the Scotland thing. At, at that point, Colin, you, you I think you know your 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 own body, it's telling you mm. it's time to maybe take a step back. You, you you can't go on this ride forever. An interesting thing has happened up here over the last couple of weeks whereby there's a debate about our footballers being properly prepared for what comes when it's time to hang up their boots. I did a mm. column with with Barry Ferguson last week where he was saying exactly this, that you know what what Our young kids aren't properly prepared for life after football and perhaps they need to be better educated for what lies in store for them. I mean, there's been some terrible stories that have come out over the last couple of weeks about about guys that are having a real rough time after football. Mm -hmm. Did you have sympathy there, Colin? I mean, obviously, your life after football was was touched by all sorts of tragedy, but Mm -hmm. even just standard across the board, are we doing enough? For guys, do you have any idea think when you've been living in the front line all that time? What's coming? What's coming next? No, no, you don't. No, you don't really. I mean, and
2: I, and to be fair, um, I wasn't a, Keith. I wasn't a stereotypical footballer going no. into um, coming out of football into coaching or managing or business. I was a carer. I, yeah. I had to look after Denise. I was her full-time carer for for a bit and things in the in as well as that you know coming out is the worst thing to happen to us as a family there was other things involved as well as part of my private life you know drinking gambling the whole thing you know that and for for people or players present day i, I don't i don't think they do realize but there are different companies and different organisations trying to make an impact in relation to trying to explain how things can quickly unfurl and how whatever you've built up as a, as a professional footballer um, wealth-wise, for example, can quickly disintegrate within a flash if you don't have a little bit of understanding of what comes next. And I've been approached I do a lot of um speaking. Um I do a lot of different types of talking and I do touch on the fact that you know what I'd gone through and how it affected me, affected my family, which is the most important thing, and how you bounce back and and you recreate, you rediscover yourself and but for these footballers not to make the 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 mistakes in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's the key really because it affects everybody so differently. You know, I mean, you, you you don't really know what's going through anyone's head in relation to their private life or what they're trying to do day in, day out. But you can only try and make them aware of look out for the warning signs, look out for this, look out for that. But everybody's different. Mm. You know, it, It's not there's not a standard way of dealing with, with anything or trying to no. make
1: it a, 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 an awareness because... People and interpret it differently anyway. Am um, I right in saying, Colin, that the, the one thing that ties everybody together and makes it similar, whereas you're right, everybody's their own individual person, but the thing that ties the football thing together is, well, for 20, 30 years, you guys have been told from the age of God knows what, all that matters in life is going out there and winning on Saturday. That is yeah. your be-all and end-all. That's your sole yeah. sense of purpose from the age of 12, 13, 14... All the way through in your mid thirties, suddenly not having that to go for at the mm. weekend. I think that's what it. What it. You know, if there is a problem, I think it, it might be something to do with that. Is is this is the one thing yeah. that you guys have been told is is the be all and end. All. Listen, listen, Keith, I'm I'm 57. Right, the day comes that I can't even run about.
2: That'll hit me hard, because the physical side will definitely it'll 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 tell me the body'll tell me. I can still do 5K three, two, three times a week. I still play every weekend, albeit for 80 minutes over a 35s game of football. If I don't get it, then I'll go on the bike or I'll go for a run or a day some mm-hmm. If I can't do that, and there's a lot of ex-players that can't do that because of injuries that they've had. They've, had now, they've now got chronic injuries. They've all had different issues in their life. I've been there and had that sort of thing and then I've rediscovered myself and hardly ever drink you know, I keep fit, I tried to do the right things just to give myself a chance so there is is going to be a time for a lot of footballers a lot of footballers who are going to go is that me getting is that me being told, is this what's going to be like for the rest of my life and what's the important things in life as well as, and as, as, as I said and I know you touched on that, everybody's different and everything is different but it's the interpretation I think that people will under players will understand this when they come out of football, that the life is completely does completely change because you don't have that every weekend. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing.
1: It's, a <clears> of just then as well. <throat> it's the same It's the routine, you know, Barry Ferguson was saying he has to find a thing, whether it's getting the leaf blower out the back garden or going to the shop and just to the supermarket, just get build some routine back into your life because yeah. I think you go from, football players go from very rigid, regimented routine on a daily yeah. basis to, to nothing. And just a big yeah. void, is, is that part of it?
2: Well, that's true. That's, that's, that's what happens. But if, I mean, I now I, I will now probably go for a, for a run. I mean, I played two days ago, but I'll probably go for a run. <clears throat> I'll feel better after that. I won't go to the gym today. I might go to the gym tomorrow. And I've got loads of other things going on. I mean, I'm coaching uh, Radcliffe who are three tiers below below the football league here in, in England we're third in the, the league we're in the playoff position we've got 12 games left I'll, the manager will be ringing me straight after this because I'll be my phone off airplane mode on <laughs> so he'll be able to get through he'll be like what have you been doing for the last hour sort of thing <laughs> no. um, he'll, you know we need a player for Saturday we're at Guiseley away and it's another big game for us and there's big game well, you've got Rangers Celtic on Sunday you've got Man United Newcastle Sunday there's loads of things going on so I keep myself occupied keep myself mm-hmm. occupied the thing about it is that I'm lucky in respect of being able to keep fit so I mean mm-hmm. I should have been going with the boys next week to Dubai, but I can't because I'm obviously coaching here so you've got the Rangers the, the, the Scotland England legends Derek White's organised it so there'll be Frank McAveney Brian O'Neill there would be Charlie Miller you know and I don't know if Koisty's going out so that's on I'll miss that weekend in Dubai with the boys which would have been great for me but there's loads of things you've got to keep yourself occupied but I don't know if I mean don't get me wrong Keith I mean some of the monies that's been banded about in football then if it's been organised properly for them yeah. then they shouldn't have a, and as much, your health is the most important thing you know I mean I that, that can obviously I know that first hand your health's the most important thing, and then then it's your wealth because that makes things a lot easier and better for you in life. And the one thing is health, wealth, and time. You know, I mean, when you start when you start younger, you've got loads of time. You don't have a lot of wealth, but you've got your health. And then you hit the middle stage. Time's beginning to run out a wee bit. You've built up a a decent bit of wealth, and you've got good health. And then the third stage is you, you've got a bit more time because you're coming to the other side, you've built up great wealth, but your health might be struggling. So that's that's the three yeah. you know, that's the
0: three things. But for me, obviously, it's been it's health and health only, you know, to start with. I just want to ask you, uh, Colin, just to round up this whole thing, it's been a fascinating hour, and you know, we thank you for your time. But I would suspect, and I hope I'm not putting words into your mouth, that your greatest achievement. Is when you look at your three kids who have been through so much. And you also, you know, at the end of your football career, as you said, you ended up becoming a full time carer for your for your wife. Yeah. You know. And we've spoken to Callum, you know, well what what a top yeah. young lad he is who's making his own way in football now. You must yeah. be enormously proud of how your kids have handled everything that life's thrown at them.
2: Yeah, most certainly. Um well, Callum and Neve were, were nine and 11 when, when we lost Denise, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that itself, um, I mean, I'm, I've been fortunate. My mum's still great. She's 84 last week. Um, I'll see her hopefully next week. I uh, lost my father 14 years ago and then and, and Denise the year after. But um, the kids had been... Didn't remarkable and i mean you're touching on callum i mean callum was 11 when he lost his mum and then at 15 he did his acl was in the in the playground mm-hmm. at school and then he did it again at 17 on the same knee that twice Jeez, and he's oh. bounced back he, yeah he's bounced back he's 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 one of he's never say die never say die never say die and he's and he's you know and he's got his rewards for working hard through the, the period where uh, he you know he doesn't have a mum and B, he's he's took the biggest, you know, the hardest hits in, in sport, more or less. Um, and he's bounced back and he's making a, a career out of it, sort of thing. Um, but the kids, yeah, they've, every, to every one of them. Um, I might add as well, Dave, that's I've got four, no three.
0: <laughs> oh, right, I apologize. <laughs> sorry. No, you're
2: all right. You're all right. I'm gonna rec- <laughs> go. little Navy, no, see, no, well, no, She lives no, in no, the south them. of France, she's she's in, she's down in the south of France, so she's all right. She's... She's she's okay anyway. Right. But um uh, so the, all the kids have been remarkable. They've done great. Um and you know, the, the mother was you know, the mo- it's the most important person to children. You know, everybody mm. more or less knows that. Their mums and I'm lucky I've still got my mum. Um yeah. and she's good and she keeps me in track and keeps telling me, you know, what to do and everyone else, even at the age of eighty-four. So <laughs> but yeah no it's it's not been easy but at the same time they,
0: they've they've made me very very proud mm, absolutely Colin
1: thank you Colin mate. I think
2: that's... that's the
0: best place to leave it thank yeah. you so much Good. For, for your time and um, pleasure we, we will uh, hopefully speak speak to you soon um, yeah tell I what, just attention. one more thing Cal- I, I will do Callum was Callum born in Scotland or England Um born in England no. Born in England, right? Born in black. Born in Born Right. Blackburn. Right. So if he turned in and said to you, um, he's already had a this, and, and it was blown out of proportion. Oh, on he? Twitter, Aye. Right. Okay.
2: So what happened? Because everybody, 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 everybody that's everybody that's English, has said as if we're really worried about you playing for Scotland? And he's like, that's ah, okay. But it was a loaded question. A, he got asked right, okay. earlier this season at Salford. You know, he said, you, you, and he's like, it's a real your question. <laughs> and then, of course, as soon as as soon as he as soon as he gives the an, as soon as he gives the answer, not that he needed to give the answer, but as soon as he gives the answer, you've got all these trolls coming on giving, you know, oh yeah, we're really bothered about Callum and he decide to play for Scotland instead of England, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, then, do, I love him to get a cap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love him to get a cap. I love him to get a cap. But he's he's um, he's doing all right. He's okay. He's at Salford at minute, and he's in in there in the pre- in the playoff
0: position. So. He's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Colin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. Keep in touch. Good. Yeah, keep in touch, lads. All the best. Yeah. Cheers, thanks a lot.